Welcome to the Belper Beer Club podcast. We're four intrepid beer explorers from Derbyshire, and we thought it was about time we put out a podcast. And here it is. My name's John. My name's Sean. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. And this week, we are going to explore two beers from our own typeset attack brewery, taste a couple of mystery beers and see if we can identify them, and have a few discussions about the currently turbulent world of craft brewing. So here we go. Okay, so um, we're going to taste some copper-plated as brewed by Typeset Attack, which happens to be Sean. Hello, that's talk, me, yeah. Who will talk about the beer, and myself at present. We both brewed this beer last year, in fact. So tell us a bit it about it. It seems like a long time ago since we brewed it, doesn't it? Yep. Um, but this is a barley wine brewed with local honey. Um, you got you sourced the honey, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, Ambergate Honey, just, just up the road. Yeah, so 9.2%, if I'm reading that right, I can't quite see. 9.2, copper plated, <laughs> barley wine. Um, so we've got a big bottle share, we've just poured it out into the glasses. Um, I mean, it's got loads of malt, as you'd expect from the colour, you can see it's quite dark. Um, we've used Belgian sugar in there to kind of help with the ABV and made it maybe a bit dry. I don't know what you think about that. And then, yeah, lashings of honey. I mean, the honey comes through massively, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was the idea. I think when we were thinking about it, I thought I love the idea of the honey aroma and the kind of the sweetness. the The sort of dry finish was almost unintentional, but it gives it a nice little twist. And but out, out of interest, when you sort of saying you put honey in it, I mean, how much honey? How much honey are you talking about? Are we talking about a, a jar's worth? Are we talking? It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a jar. This this wasn't a big scale brew. This was something like 20, 25 litres. Yeah, yeah, like that's that. what it was. Yeah, it was on a nice small kit. Mm. Um, straight away, in the aroma, caramel. Mm. So much caramel in that. It, it really does remind me of a Belgian beer. Yeah, in terms yeah. Of how, and it kind of makes you wish, you know, make you, make you kind of wish for what's going to come in mm. terms of... I mean, this this is a year old, so obviously this has been had the time. It'd be interesting to hear what you you guys think because I don't know if you've tried it maybe since last year. No, I was I was like I had one of the the big bottles that I did to be honest kept for quite a long time, probably six months mm-hmm. uh, or, or possibly slightly longer. So I probably drank it in the summer. Right. Um, but yeah, so it'd be interesting to know how much it's how much it's matured in flavour. Um, but it is. I mean, the honey is incredible. But it's it's amazing. That's why I was interest, interested about how much honey you put in because it's almost to the point where it's it wouldn't be too it wouldn't mm. be that much more to make for it to be too much honey. Yeah. In a, in a way, it's almost yeah. like the that you've you've got the you know you've turned the honey up to eleven. So that was put in late in the boil. So I think it was fifteen minutes to go. I can't remember. I think it's fifteen minutes to go before we kind of yeah stop the boil and just to kind of so it kind of just melted into the kind of. Wart, and I think you, as you said, that with the candied sugar, the can we used um, clear uh, Belgian candied sugar, didn't we? In the end, so they're like yep. the rocks, so like crystallized rocks. They're pretty cool mm. things, but um, yeah, we put a handful of that as well. In. But um, no, I'm quite happy with that. I, I definitely think that's one of the best ones you've 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 brewed. I mean, you've done some mm. you've done some really good ones, but I think that's up there, mm. top five. Yeah, what do you think, Paul? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely. A sort of improved with age, hasn't it? But you can still you can still feel that honey running through it. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, barley wine is for me a sort of old style of beer, which has sort of come back a little bit recently, but obviously it's on the strong side. What ABV did you say it was? 9.1, 9.2. Yeah. So this is kind of a, what I would say at the top end of what I would be drinking on a regular basis, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but certainly um, it's like I've got that sort of after dinner element to it and that little dry finish, like John said. So. I think he's done a good job on it. Yeah, mm. have we ever tried barley wine that had honey in it before? We went to Belgium recently. You see, <coughs> the, it, I'm pretty sure I had done because there, there was a level of inspiration. And, and I'll tell you what it, uh, what else inspired me was that um, that Tempest. All the Leaves of Brown? Uh, not not All the Leaves of Brown, but the one that they did as a collaboration with Pahala. And all, oh, that, that oh was, the Glen Noble. Yeah, I've got the recipe for that, actually. Yeah, the guys yeah. from Pahalas gave me the recipe. Yeah. And although that, although that wasn't a barley wine, mm. there was something about mm. it that kind of... Was it a wee heavy? Yeah, it was a wee heavy. Yeah. And, like, barley wine's like... I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to say that a barley wine is a winter drink and stuff like that, but I guess that was the point, really. We, we wanted to brew something that would be good for this time of year, would keep really well and mature and, and develop over time as well. And uh, I think, um, yeah, I was kind of inspired by that, even though it wasn't a barley wine, it was just a thought of something we could brew because that one sounded incredibly complex, mm. like the, the recipe. So I can't even remember what it was like, but it had stuff in it that I thought would be really difficult. Yeah. I remember when I was first drinking real ale and the thought of drinking a barley wine I didn't think it was a drink for me I thought mm. just for the very, its very name barley wine yeah. I'm thinking as an ale drinker that isn't something that I would be picking up but um, does anyone know where the name the name comes from the style of beer you know, I, I read it somewhere recently but I've in one ear it, it was but it is See, something our podcast already a source of great yeah. Yeah. Factual information here, only speculation it's got, all the it's way. Got a very ruby colour to it. I'm just <laughs> noticing that it's extremely red in the colour, mm. which may have something to do with it. I don't is, know. That what, is that why it ended up being called copper plated, or did you have the name first? I mean, I'm assuming you know roughly what the colour is going to be. Yeah. When it when it when you brew it, mm. but was it was it brewed with that colour in mind, mm. or, or well, named? No, that no, the mind? name comes afterwards. Um, we always mm. scratch around trying to find a name. So all our names are all something to do with the printing heritage. That's kind of what we try and inspire to do. Some are more tenuous than others, but essentially that's because when I got made redundant from printing industry, which I, I was in for twenty years, I used the money to buy my first brew kit. Mm. So since then, that's kind of where we kind of st- stuck with kind of naming, it. and it's kind of a, a shackle around our neck because it gets harder yeah, and harder to kind of think yeah, of names yeah. um, that you can kind of loosely. I mean, the yeah. most tenuous one was Ed, Ed is dead. I'll double IPA. Uh, but there's a story behind that, and there is most for most of them there is a story. And I think thinking back to it now, copper plated was was a reference to the use of copper plates for print for printing images or printing. Um, sort of etchings and that yeah. kind of thing yeah, so it was that that kind of illusion but Ed is Dead which was our have a, that was us trying to do a New England IPA mm-hmm. um, Ed is Dead is a Pixies song Pixies are from Boston in that part of the world and um, Ed Ed E-D dot is an abbreviation for editor so there was this kind of really tenuous link with that and the Boston Post or whatever mm-hmm. it is so yeah I came up with that one, but yeah. well, I'm, I'm just looking forward to your novelty beer, Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah uh, it's com- going to happen. Comic Sans, some sort of novelty fruit and yeah. pale. That's uh, yeah. 
it'll come. It'll come. Yeah. yeah. And I can just see the font on it now <laughs> in front of the label. Exactly. Yeah. I think the day you end up using Comic Sans and the bottle will be. Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, but uh, I, I guess uh, sort of beer news this week. So um, I think you you folk are aware that I've had the lucky pleasure of being down in Lewis this yeah. week. So um, uh, you know, I mean, a real buzzing beer capital. Really, with with the, the that's, that's a got. bold claim, beer capital. Well, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Manchester kind of looking at you, going, I, I, "What's his time?" I guess, about? but if you if you think about the, you know, it is okay. Capital is a bit of a hub. It's a great okay. little beer, beer hub with, with some great little breweries coming mm. coming yeah. in that local area. And if you then include like the, uh, you know, the wider area of all the breweries in 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 Brighton as well, it's it's um, there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, you got Abyss there, haven't you? Obviously, you've got yeah, you got Abyss, Burning Sky, Merakai. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, yeah, the, the ones in Brighton. I think they're Umbard, yeah. Brighton Way, yeah. Yeah. Lost Pier. I think no, no, they're, I think they're Gravesend actually. Is it? Pier. Yeah. I think but anyway, it, I mean, there's a lot of great, great, great breweries down there. So um, I was, I was uh, luckily co- to convince some colleagues to head into Lewis for the night, and we went into uh, into the Patch, um, which is a is is a quality little micro pub um, in Lewis. Uh, Easy to find. Or? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's really really easy to find if you're in, if you're in the, in Lewis. It's a five minute walk from the train station up by the War Memorial, um, and they've, they've normally got a decent uh, decent range of beer. I mean, if I'm honest, it was a bit you know it's a bit sad that there wasn't a, a Marikai or an Abyss or Burning mm-hmm. Sky, but then had a they had Colonel um, uh, Indian Export oh, oh. so you know it's you, you uh, it's your favourite. You yeah, on draft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. So you can't. You I can't, wish I'd been there. You can't complain too much. Um, and they they had uh, so I had one of those, uh, and then I had a, a, a wild beer. Um, so it was something wild beer. It was it was um, I can't remember exactly the name because um, I didn't check it in, but it was uh, something um, like wee little dram, right? Um, and uh, um, it, was, it was it was pretty good. Um, it, it did it did sort of taste like it sounds. So it was a, it was a pale beer. Mm. But it was like a pale beer that someone had, had, had dropped a Lafroy into, so it was really, yeah. really yeah. smoking peaty. Yeah. And as, yeah. as I was drinking, I just remembered that you know that, that had heard sad news of wild beer. Yeah, um, one of the giants. As yeah, well, really. Have, um, have, I mean, gone into administration. Yeah. So who knows? I, mean, I guess expectation as a uh, brewery of that size, a chance. Yeah. There's something to come out of it, and then um, they just celebrate their tenth year anniversary as well. They did big yeah, ten year yeah. anniversary boxes this year. Um, I mean, they were real innovators, and and like certainly when I was getting into craft beer, like you know six seven years ago, I remember they were like a, a definite go to, like they they were coming through to the fore. For, that branding for the firm, was great. Mixed firm stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was that that it was their millionaire stout yeah, that yeah. just for me was a bit of a game changer mm-hmm. in terms of the caramel, the chocolate, the biscuit. It was just gorgeous and mm-hmm. lush. Didn't they do Bibble as well? Yeah. Bibble, yeah. 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 Pogo was one yeah. of those. Um, well, probably one of the yeah. first ones that sort of entered the supermarket. Mm. Yeah. Kind of sort of mass, one of the ones that really sort of led that that craft invasion mm. of supermarkets. But I guess it was um, someone that we uh, that we follow, I think follows us on Twitter, is a Beer Nouvelle. Nouveau, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, have, that is keeping a running track. Well, they, they're a brewery that have now folded themselves. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. They did. So they were under the arches in Manchester. Quite near Alphabet, that's where the point yeah. is. Um, and uh, I, I, so, made me think of that, and with, with Wild um, going into administration. So, I looked down the list, and there's 56 breweries on that list mm. that have got wow. on there. And then, what made me realise is actually, is the, 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 obviously, we've been doing the Bell Beer Club for a couple of years now. Mm. Um, and 
it made me feel like a bit of a jinx um, <laughs> because looking down through that list of it's the, not too many of the what, guys. What, no because no not what you've got I've got oh, right. yeah. so, so um, if you remember way back to, to the start of the pandemic our first brewery that we had yeah. outside of Type Set Attack was, was Fallen yeah. Um, amazing beers like the uh, yeah, big raspberry choo choo. Yeah, I love the choo choo. Um, mm. And they had, uh, I think they had that Grand Grand Reserve, or right. uh, Bleak House or Black House Reserve. Are you saying was. Fallen or Fallen? Fallen or Fallen. That's quite uh, old user. That was yeah. near the beginning of the year, yeah. that was. It was, it was. But then, um, then I realised that obviously. Um, uh, Devossen, which you know it, that well, we seemed to be a financial that, yeah. thing, and actually yeah. Devossen isn't on on the list. Um, mm. But they they closed down quite a long time ago, and we you know mm. we know that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a financial thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but then um, Frisky, Frisky Bear, Bear. yeah, um, it looked like I was a bit suspicious about Frisky Bear a while back because I, I went onto their web shop a while a while ago looking at getting some beers in because mm. um, I always like sporting the beer breweries we've had yeah. as mm. part of the club, and um, I noticed they only had one one beer available on oh, there right. um, and so it did, it did seem a little bit odd coming up to Christmas so he had one mm, beer mm. Um, and then uh, Ride so if you remember Ride yep, with that, yep, that yeah. tomato tomato yeah. tomato oh, so, yeah, um, so it's a bit weird actually because Ride won the list but I couldn't I went onto their website and their Facebook and they couldn't actually find it wasn't obvious mm. um, so mm, I'm, I'm mm. holding out hopes there as well um, but yeah so Ride was and then um there's another one as well. Well, today, uh, Solvay Society. Yeah, yeah the Solvay, um, which uh, we, we have had as part of a beer club beer. It was a, as a co- It was on the Tenby. Yeah. The Tenby, it was a collaboration with But Tenby, then obviously we had, we, had yeah. the, we had one of their beers on the... Um, yes, we did. On the one of our beer tastings. We did, yeah. Nice, yeah. The uh, yeah. Triton, which is really good. Mm. Um, but I think, I, I'm pretty sure there's there's one more as well. Mm. There's a Fallen Devossen... Ride Frisky Ben, I think that's it, and then, mm. then Solvay. Um, but there's some big names on that list, um, you know, Beatniks, I think. Is yep. It, is it Top Rope? Were they on there? I think so. No, I think it's, it's Top Out. Top. Which oh. I think it's Top Out, which, okay. yeah. So I, I read that one. Don't want to say the wrong Yeah, yeah I top read that one. Is the wrestling one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I read that. Yeah, Stone Cold Cream Monster. Yeah, that's that one of the best names of the year. Yeah, it's great. But um, so, yeah, so it, it, it's, you know, obviously, I think a lot of these breweries have got the double whammy of. of Probably the overheads from COVID, the loss of revenue, the loans yeah. have gotten COVID, and obviously people spending less, and they, they may be able. Well, Twisted Wheel, mm. who oh, yeah, one, yeah. Yeah. on the list, only started up at, at the beginning of COVID, and it's an interesting one because I, I like. It is very sad that some of these are going under. There's some great breweries in that list. I I do wonder if some of them maybe business wise won't as resilient because they've not been going as long or they haven't well, built got up Skinners a are on that list. Skinners, yeah. Are oh, Skinners yeah, no, I mean Skinners. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. yeah, and today's Sadlers, I think Jens have actually been bought out. On well, the they have, but yeah, then they've got rid of a lot of Today, yeah. is it Sadlers announced 30 years in the business? They've, they've well, closed as yeah. well. But I think the interesting thing was what I was going to ask you, you, you guys thought we could discuss a little bit is that, that, um, that obviously there's a lot of breweries that, that have that suddenly had a big change in, in income, change of opportunities, mm. and, and maybe had overheads, and so have decided to that you know now is a now is the opportunity to to stop. But whatever happens, you know people have got less money to spend. Mm. You know, mm. so, so the question mm. I was going to go up to you, you folk is: is this the end of of the barrel aged imperial stout? Are we do you know those those well, really expensive bits? Do we are we expecting to sort of 
do you think how do you think Brewery's going to cope do you think we're going to see more maybe whip beers or mm. more more potentially yeah I that, think that are potentially cheaper to to brew or, or, or breweries focusing more on their but on the their key here range. the key here for me is innovation and like you're saying any any sort of innovator or disruptor or whatever will find something which works which is maybe cheaper to brew but is is different from the norm um so there's always this this is the thing you'll always get people starting up or, or scaling up or whatever like for instance Alkin who uh, came out of good things who were one of our breweries who closed down because their brewery literally got burned down it was a very sad story and very dramatic struck by lightning wasn't exactly it? yeah yeah and they had this beautiful kind of was it 17th century barn mm-hmm. they did us a fantastic video when we had our night they we sent questions to them and they they sat out on the sofa and talked to us a few weeks later the whole flipping place got burned down um no no that might be my curse on it not yours <laughs> jamie in that case so yeah I won't take but, but like olkin who are, have emerged from the ashes of good things have just done a load of crowdfunding and as far as i know it went really well for them so clearly there's still an appetite for breweries to carry on and 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 brew really good quality beer but like you say you know i was listening to a podcast with paul jones from cloudwater talking about the barrel project that they have and that is astounding what they're doing there some of the stuff he was talking about like this um, food uh, ale with like ridiculous levels of hopping and stuff like that in here clearly that's going to become more niche but it's not necessarily going to die out but some of them are going to have to adapt they're going to have to have product which is more affordable or more accessible like, to, like, to survive. Well, we've brewed Imperial yeah. beers ourselves. They're not actually that expensive to brew. No. It's the tax, if if anything, you have to pay on them, that I think is the bit that makes yeah. them a bit more costly because actually they don't have much hops in them. Malt is relatively cheap. Mm. So actually Imperial beers, it's not that... In terms of cost of production, they're not they're not that expensive compared to hoppy beers. You know, when you start putting loads and loads of hops in it, that's where your price is. So what's the tax difference between what, what, what's the basically? I think once you go over six point five percent, or I think it's around about there, you start yeah, paying different level of tax. Up. You, you yeah. pay a different level of tax, and that's why you see a lot of breweries produce beers that are just below that threshold, mm. um, so they don't pay the the, the 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 you know the big amount of tax. Um, I think there are two further steps. So. Yeah, but I guess also the barrel ages. I mean, it's not 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 great for your, mm. your if you if you're suddenly putting something away for six months or twelve months. Yeah, I think that they've got to look at you know the basics basics of the business. If they're doing if they're tying money up, it's not going to work. But I think one of the issues is like where's the price point? Um, because you know Brewdog have pulled the price point down for a lot of you know sessionable beers. I would say. Um, and so people are trying to play in that kind Not of. Not go in their bars, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but people are still prepared to pay, you know, over five pounds for like a for like a double, or, mm. uh, you know. So I think it's a case of having your range, which is suitable for the for the economy, where you can charge those markups. Yeah. And definitely on the imperials, you can charge the markup that sort of mm. justifies the investment, I guess. Mm. Um, but the thing that struck me about all of this brewery expansion over the last two or three years is like a lot of the breweries have got so few overheads. You know, there's two or three people running the whole thing. Mm. Some of the bigger names uh, do it that way. Um, and then 
some of the some of the companies that are dealing with supermarkets and trying to expand their portfolio, they're probably taking on quite a lot more overhead in terms of capacity, in terms of staff. And that's probably what really what's catching some people out, I would think. Well, I know for a fact that CO2 prices have gone absolutely through the roof. And given the industry really relies on CO2 for packaging, you know, it's an additional cost. Mm. So it's really, uh, uh, what I thought, I, I saw recently that Eddie Gad, down at Gad's in Ramsgate, Gad's mm. Brewery, or whatever, Ramsgate Brewery, whatever they call themselves these days, they've actually now got a CO2 capture system. Mm. So actually, as the beer's fermenting away, they're catching that that CO2, they're cleaning it up, doing whatever it is, and then they're reusing that CO2 in whatever whatever the package. You know, the timing of whenever he got that in, which I think was just prior to the summer, yeah. was, he had some sort of foresight, I think, to kind of but get that, that. But that's innovation, that's what I mean. It's mm-hmm. like thinking, thinking of new stuff that you can do, and this isn't just brewing new beer, but it's actually, you know, arguably, it's more sustainable. It's working on the sustainability side of it, and, and like, um, you know that that's quite a different thing to do and quite innovative. Maybe you know people will go back to say you know bottle conditioned beer because you don't have to put pump CO two into it. For example, you know there might be angles like that there. Maybe another thing is one of my favourite neglected styles. Maybe there'll be loads of really good quality milds which cost almost nothing to produce coming out. You know, mm-hmm. Brains Dark will make a big comeback, for example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the CO2 argument does lead itself back down to the, the cask argument and also the bottle condition argument, mm. as, as you just said. But I think, you know, there's always going to be a place for this rich amount of breweries that we do have. Um, but yeah, it's going to be survival of the fittest. I mean, and we all know that at some point there will be some kind of rationalisation. And what we, obviously, as craft mm. beer lovers, we don't want them to stop being craft. Mm. Um, this, is a, this, is a, a, this is a speech on behalf of the craft beer uh, loving party, but basically we don't want them all to become under the big Heineken and InBevs and people like that. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. It's not craft anymore. What's what, um? Once that happens, what 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 do we think is gonna is gonna be affected more? Do we think it's gonna be? Because if you look at the list, yes, there's a lot of there's a few breweries I think are gonna be on that list pretty soon. Yeah, know? well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of breweries on there that are that are um. Uh, you know your your, your your classic new wave craft, and then there's a lot of really established traditional, traditional yeah, on dairy from Kent. Yeah. yeah, they've gone really traditional. You know, old brown. And that's because bottle. they produce cask. Cask, you know, cask is uh, has a shelf life. You're very much brewing to a price point. You know, yeah. no one wants to pay more than a three pound fifty, four pound for a pint of cask beer, or six pound if you're in London, or six pound if you're in London. <laughs> Whatever it is, there's, there's the margins yeah. there, and so if you're brewing, you're gonna brew to you're gonna brew to those particular. Yeah, yeah. And as a as a as a what I subsequently feel that the product then isn't as good as craft in that respect because I think there's compromise mm. to be made in a cask beer. There's and also there are different styles that kind of work better than cask than they don't yeah, in, yeah. in keg. But um, what I think we'd like to see more is kind of more artisan, smaller breweries popping up. You know, people that kind of come from a home brewing yeah, kind of background yeah. where you know they haven't got the scale yet. They're just kind of in their local market, uh, in their local area. So we've got a new one that's just kind of yeah popped up in Belper, probably the, Belper the other BBC Belper Brew Co. Yeah. <laughs> so limited overheads. You know, they're small. Mm. They're, they're brewing to just the community. I think he said. How many casks did you say he made? About fourteen casks. Or fourteen something. casks yeah. is his brew length. And did you? Something I didn't get. Did you folks go down yeah, to the? Down. Was, yeah. it, was it round again? No, it was quieter. No, yeah. it was quieter. It, it was, was cold. Lot. It was cold. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, they had the original. 
tap room opening on in the summer and yeah it was round yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty open to the elements yeah it had some sort of jet uh, heater and yeah. gas heater yeah. on didn't they for a time because actually you know, if you if you sit there and you do the you do the math because actually yeah those 14 casks they pretty much know well we can shift a couple when we open up the tap mm. they know almost for certain that um yeah always have it on They'll know Bang Belper will be will, will a place in Nottingham that have been. Um, and I'm sure that they, they've got a couple of places, potentially, I know, in Ripley, maybe. Well, the Tom um, said part. Yeah, Tom said. Um, so they can do the math, can't they, of saying, right, we're going to brew 14 casks. Mm. We, we know we're going to sell them, and we know we're going to open up the tap once a month. If they add that up and the, and the, and the, and the numbers come out, then it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's when they want to then start to expanding. He was talking about his brew, his brew schedule. Is yeah. he trying to do two a week? That's what his plan well, I think was. it was one a week. One a week yeah. initially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, sorry, just for those that don't know, we're talking about a, a, a brewery that <clears throat> opened, it took over another brewery, but opened up recently in our local town of Belper. And it's just really saying that those guys have got a fairly small market, fairly limited ambitions, and I'm sure they're going to be fine. Um, mm. and, and they're, they're predominantly cask and, and all the rest of it and what we've noticed as well is that a lot of the breweries that we talk to on the, the craft side they're still very keen to keep their um, cask operation op- open mm. uh, and it, for example Atom would be an example of that uh, and basically it's because they know that they can get make, basically make half their money through just local trade yeah. um, and that's a really important factor in the beer industry right now people serving their local communities and Obviously, that's pretty good in terms of you know CO two emissions and sustainability and all the rest of it. So yeah. obviously, that's still going to be a factor going forward. Um, but those guys, I've got no ambition to move into supermarkets, move into bigger mm-hmm. operations, and and that's where some people have had sort of teething troubles. I think. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, and and that's that that like the sustainability in terms of like the scale that you're operating at. There's a level of control that you can have at that that you were talking about, Jamie. But also that that thing about there is peril in scale, scaling up on any business, but particularly that and like I think that's where maybe some of them have struggled and maybe the business isn't like going back to wild again, you know, are, were they strong enough to kind of weather that storm at the scale that they're at? Well, they took example. on crowdfunding, didn't they, yeah. to build a new brewery, and I think they managed to collect one point eight million pounds. They never built that brewery. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of people that are not particularly happy <laughs> with, with, with that particular yeah. uh, whole thing. And, and uh, even Solvay Society, they did crowdfunding to build a tap room. Mm. They've now folded. I think they put out on their announcement today that if you are a subscriber, crowdfunder, yeah. please come down and have a few drinks, kind of trying to make it, <laughs> make it better for, for people. But, you know, there is risk. So all yeah, kids are doing a, their crowdfunding, always, yeah. probably more out of necessity. Because yeah. start I always wonder that, why... Well, even why they even brewed dog in yeah. their own share thing, you know, mm. you think it's just a model. particular model of, of raising money. The brewdog was quite yeah. clever actually because you get brand loyalty. You bought shares in it, therefore you feel like you own that. Yeah. So at the time, it means that ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. buy that pint of Orkin because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know. So I've got that brand loyalty just because I'm, I'm, I'm always like, if we've had them for Belper Beer Club, then they're why I always yeah, go to. Yeah. But the funny thing, I'd love to ask the folk Orkin. I, I just, I'm, I've never quite figured out why. Why they changed the name? Mm. I think there's another story there. Perhaps we should ask them at some yeah, point in the future. Just because it always started from scratch, then, aren't they? We, you know, the reputation they built up yeah. as good things. Yeah. Okay. 
So next beer we're going to try tonight is uh, another typeset attack beer. This one is Dark Star Tracking. It's our winter spiced porter coming in at 7%. So this is a beer that we've re-brewed. We brewed this last year. Um, this one is loads of dark malts in it. Um, lots of cacao. Um, cacao nib soaked in brandy went into the fermenter. Yep. Um, it's got star anise, nutmeg, it's got cinnamon, so all the kind of things that we're trying to bring out in terms of what you want to be drink, drinking over the festive periods. Um, I think it drinks rather nicely. I've noticed we've poured it. It looks like, Paul, you've done the best at pouring. You've got a nice kind of caramel, foamy head. Mm -hmm. mine's, mine's a little bit flat. Oh, yeah, John, you've done pretty well there. Yep. Um, what, do, what, do we, what do we make of it? So, so this is a repeat. It's not the same as last year. Sort of a repeat. So just a bit of a history on this one. So we did a dark star tracking about three years ago, I'm going to say. And that was an, that was a Baltic porter. And this is kind of our second attempt at it. Tweaked the recipe a bit. So we put cacao nibs in rather than cocoa powder. Um, and we, also we... We didn't put any lactose in it, did we? Exactly. So that was one thing that we put lactose in the first round. So this one we experimented with step mashing. So what that what what you do then is you basically you mash at a standard temperature. I think it was about sixty five Celsius yep. or thereabouts, and then then you ramp it up for fifteen like, minute increments yeah. by adjusting it by a couple of degrees each time. Yeah, and what essentially what you're trying to there's that kind of sweet spot between sixty three and sixty eight where you, you get the most fermentable sugars out. Mm -hmm. By us um, upping it, what you're doing is getting different sugars out, longer sugars, which don't ferment out, mm. to try and help and improve and increase the body without adding that lactose. That's essentially what lactose gave us that. Yeah, exactly. So and that's sweetness. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're trying to do to get that get that body without adding extra sweetness. Mm. Um, the downside was because you have less fermentable sugars, you therefore get less alcohol. So. This one, the original one came out at about... 8%, no, it was 8%. Was it 8%? Yeah, no, oh, I've got it wrong. So we were targeting something like 10% with this mm -hmm. one. Um, it actually came out Seven. at 7%. Yeah. Um, but actually, despite that, it's still got that kind of warmth, that body. Um, I'm really happy with it, especially it's now, now it's been in the bottle for a few weeks and it's starting to um, really kind of condition... And the the spice is still there, so yeah. yeah. Can you pick the spices out of there? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's got the the smack of Christmas, really, mm. isn't it? Mm. So um, I was worried yeah. about the star anise in there. I thought maybe it was, you know fear of it being too aniseedy, but I don't think it. it gets no, out. I mean for me, it's nutmeg in this, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, mm. for me, it's the nutmeg that 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 that's probably the the dominant mm -hmm. spice. Mm. Um, I think, and then and then. Yeah, you, you're getting a little bit of cinnamon. I, I wouldn't say... I think now you talk about the aniseed, I can pick it up. On the finish. Yeah. Kind of like a bit licorice-y on the ooh, finish. But great. I think if, I was, if you asked me what... I would definitely say nutmeg. I would definitely mm. probably say cinnamon. I probably wouldn't have, have, have guessed to start mm. on these because it's not, it's not overpowering, which I yeah. obviously what mm. you're concerned it could have been. Yeah. No, I think the balances are quite nice. I mean, I'm really keen to know Paul's view because he is our dark <laughs> beer connoisseur. Well... Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I mean, I like certainly like a Christmas beer, and you know, this kind of hits it because you want a beer which is recognisable as a beer, so you don't want to be over complicated, but you want to have that little bit of sort of uh, spicy notes, just so you know it's Christmas beer. Mm. And I think it hits both of those, so I'm impressed, um, and it certainly tastes 
quite quite strong and much stronger than actually it is mm. as well. Mm. So, do, do you know what? It'd be quite nice to try this alongside that Anspach and Hub Day. Oh, London Black. No, no. Stout. Oh, right, right. Stout. That's a gingery bit. That's a that's a make on a German ginger biscuit. So yeah, yeah. But I think I think it's still. I'm pretty sure because I made some of these biscuits. I think it's still. I think it's still cinnamon and nutmeg. Okay. In in that. Yeah. Maybe we need to add ginger next time. Actually, maybe 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 yeah. A little bit of ginger. No, I'm 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 really pleased with it, and and like one of the things I like about it is that. That although the step mashing thing reduced the ABV, the the fact that we've done it without lactose obviously mm. makes it vegan know, friendly. Vegan friendly, which is a big tick, but also it's it has got that kind of roasty finish that you, that for me, that you want from a porter as well. So yeah. it's not like totally sweet. It's not too cloying. So yeah, it's got a great balance between sweetness and you know that sort of um, maltiness as well. Mm. It's, it's a good balance. So we it's a hit. So we bring this beer to our curated beer night, the uh, the beer trap. So then we can taste it alongside. Oh yes, yeah. 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 that's why that's why I quickly yeah. speak. So I've actually got a, a can. Oh, have you? Um, yeah. Uh, of that, but then I thought it was in the fridge, but it's in. Yeah. The, it's it's outside. Yeah, so no, you're absolutely right. So, so it'll be a bonus beer. I think we. Are we, are we going to put them next to each other? Like, are we going? I guess we haven't. Close. We haven't, we haven't got the running order, order yet, yet, have we? No. So, so yeah. Well, that's, do that's pretty soon actually. So that's a bit of a plug for our night. Um, well, say our night in collaboration with the beer. By the time this goes out, it's probably happened. Well, you know, we're just imagining the fact that yeah. people are that much on it that mm-hmm. that they will listen to this podcast and go. <laughs> to be fair, I, I think absolutely want to go to that left. night. There, there is. There's still a few tickets left because um, somebody's backed out. So there's still a few tickets left, which is pointless saying, but we'll say it anyway. If you want to come down to the beer trap <laughs> next weekend, uh, Friday, we'll be doing Saturday, others. We'll be doing others for a beer tasting. Then there's some slots available. Yeah, the way it generally works is we curate the beers um, for the night. This this theme for the one we're doing at, at around the Christmas time is dark themed. So we've we've chosen seven beers. We've sourced seven beers uh, that we think really kind of represent the dark theme really really well. It's not all imperial stouts. Mm. So we've kind of played with that kind of theme quite loosely, but there's you know there's something for everyone I think, and I think we'll kind of play with everyone's as usual a few twists and turns. Yeah, yeah. I mean we've learned a lesson not to finish on a seventeen percent imperial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think everyone went home happy that night. Um, they can't, well, remember. They can't <laughs> remember the first six. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Okay, so uh, now we've come to the blind tasting part of the podcast. So over to you, Paul, who's arranged it for tonight. Tell tell us about what we're about to do. Right, so this is um, an idea that we trialled a little bit earlier uh, in the year. And we've we basically taken the labels off a couple of beers and we're going to taste them. So blind tasting, so we take any preconceptions of what we think we, we know or we think we like. Uh, and we're going to just rate these beers uh, just basically on the face of it, like what's the aroma like, what's the body like, and how does it taste. Blimey. But also we're going to try and um, identify a little bit about what the beer is, maybe what hops are in there, how strong it is, what style it is, which is probably the most interesting part of this. Do we understand the beer styles? Um, and you know, if we're really, really confident, we will try and assess what brewery it is. Um, so uh, what I've done is I've I've actually bought these beers. Uh, we have got another option for later in the series, but right now I bought these beers and um, I've bought them because I thought they might be interesting. So the where first, did you get them? 
well, one of them was from a supermarket. And the other one is from our local bottle shop, which you'll probably be sick of hearing of in this podcast, but it's called The Beer Trap. Um, so, yeah, this one is, I would say, without giving much away, it's quite fruity. So let's all have a go. Okay. Well, it's a bit funky as well. I, I, I'm i sensing a bit of... Oh, it's, it's going to be a sour. Yeah. I can tell from Apricots, the aroma. Uh, passion fruit, maybe... I've got a sneaky suspicion. Straight away, I'm thinking Vault City, actually. I'm kind of yeah. just going straight in there with both feet. This is kind of like the body, yeah. looking at that, looks like a Vault City. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, definitely... I wish you didn't say there's one in the supermarket, tangy. actually, because now I'm straight away thinking that Vault City one, the one that's in the supermarket. Right, well, this, show, <laughs> this just for listeners, this shows how geeky some of the people around yeah. this table are. Because for one sniff, they think they're yeah, not exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, no, it's I'm pretty. Just, but they think they know I'm, exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm with you, Sean. As <laughs> yeah. soon as I had that one sniff, no, I I got it as well. I yeah, you know, I mean, it's a beauty. You picked a good one there, Paul. Definitely, because I think I've had this before. Yeah, I've, I've probably had the name, uh, had it before. Whether or not I can tell you what what the name of it is, I don't know if I would. Because they always name the the all the fruits that they've got in. I. I'm struggling to remember the name of it, and and I've I, I'm pretty sure I've bought and drunk this beer with great pleasure as well. So it means it'll be very hard to judge the hops because I'm getting no hop <laughs> in this. At I all. mean, the aroma is amazing. I mean, because it's just I mean that's that's yeah, pure. You, you get that acidic. Aroma. It's, what's really good about it is because you get the mango and the passion. I'm getting mango. and I'm getting passion fruit. Yeah. But you can you can smell it's a sour. Yeah, yeah. You get the acidity. You get the acidity. And actually, do you know what I mean? If, if I'm being honest, uh, I, I think I think you can smell it's a Volk City sour. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, I'm gonna score. The aroma is pretty good. It's out of ten. Yeah. Do you know what? Then? The aroma is really good. It it's is. Not, it's not Maracay kind of good. It's not Maracay. No, no. no. But you know, it's got it's got body. I mean, ident- like you say, identifying the hops, who knows? I mean, <laughs> with this style of beer, hops probably aren't yeah. very important. I mean, they're not the quantitative parts, unfortunately. Yeah. So you can just put none or NA. Okay. So They're there to do a, to kill any bacteria, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Yeah. Taste. That's pretty good. Well, I mean, you rated there, is it the raspberry session? No, the strawberry session. The strawberry session is one of their best. Uh, yeah, their strawberry session beer is still for uh, the only bit I've ever rated five out of five uh, untapped. Um, I've yet to do that be, because, well, do you know what? when I was drinking it, I couldn't fault it. Uh, it. It was the strawberries were intense, amazing, it was beautiful flavoured. It was a, a sensible strength, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it was three pound fifty a bottle, and and so I, I sat there, I, I, mm. I tried to fault it. What more could you? I tried to justify mm. knocking it down to, to four point seven five, and I said, could I could I make this beer? Well, obviously I couldn't make any better, but could anyone make this beer any better? And I thought they couldn't, so it had to be fine. Mm. I mean, I think we've all agreed that this is Vault City. Yeah, and and I, it, it is Vault City, and you know that's quite amazing for the first beer that we've done on the Bly Taste. For everyone to get it right is I'm yeah. quite a gobsmacked by that. Well, I think, I think but it is Vault City. Do you want to? Do you, do you want to? <laughs> yeah. So, do you want, so I I think I've, do you want, are we going to go through the, the scores we've given? Yeah, it? Uh, no, yep. go for the go for the content of it first, then we'll do scores first. So hops, 
Who cares? <laughs> I, I put Halatel. Yeah, know. Halatel's a good shout. It, it quite yeah, comes up. It's got um, spicy. Yeah, no clue. I I think it's I think I've gone for four point four percent. It's obviously sour. It's Vault City, and I think I think it's called like triple fruited sour. Okay. Ooh. I haven't made a stab of the name, but I've gone a five point four percent, slightly higher than what you you said. I put session sour though. Yeah. So um, five, maybe five point four percent is a little bit too high for a mm. session, but yeah, Vault City, all day long. So. I went for six uh, percent. No clue what the hops are, right. and like you say, it doesn't matter so much for this style. The style is obviously a fruited sour. It's obviously Vault City. Yep. I think it's something like uh, mango passion fruit Bellini. Yeah, well, John, John's oh, yeah. pretty much nailed that. So I think he definitely has drunk this one before. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is. Yeah. It's peach and passion fruit, not mango. Oh, uh, Bellini. Okay. And it's six point six percent. So you, wow, were, you were closest on the name, and you were closest on the description. Okay, we're on to uh, beer number two now. So over to you again, Paul. Yeah. So this one um, is well. I'm not going to say too much because I gave too much away on the last one, which Ooh, I did. Color. I like the color. I did think it was possible, uh, but anyway, I gave too much away. So this is literally a blind beer from a brewery that we're Ooh. all familiar that we're all familiar yeah. with. I think I'll just leave it at that. I hope that I'm poured too much into that. That's um, that's quite. Um, kind of, I'm going to say marzipan on the nose. It's got that kind of like soft, fruity kind of almondy. Oh, crikey! Is it vanilla? Why am I talking nonsense here? I don't. I don't. It's it's the the rain was huge. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure I like it. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's cake. I'm getting cake. I'm thinking cake. cake. It's a stale cake. Well, yeah, but also like a little Play-Doh-y. For the, for the listeners at home who can't obviously can't see this, it is a sort of a darkish brown, but Slightly not really murky. dark. Slightly murky. Slightly murky. Like sort of dark pond water kind of brown. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doesn't smell like pond water. Over-stewed tea. Mm. Yeah, I get the Play-Doh... Play-Doh reference you're talking about there. There's for me there's there is a fruit in there. I want to say sort of cherry or something, something like that, like a Rink. like a glacier cherry, kind of like not like a yeah. fresh kind of fruit. You like a, Prese- a, some kind of preserved fruit or raisins mm. or something like that. Mm. Uh, I'm smiling because I know what this is. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's 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 not a a really dark beer. It's not really really strong. It's just very fruity, quite gentle. I'm going to score the aroma quite. It's tricky because I don't like the aroma, but there is a lot of aroma. <laughs> and and what, do I? There's a dusty, do I, stale thing. Do I prefer a aromatic beer that I don't like the smell of more than a beer that doesn't smell of anything? So it's a different type of beer, totally. So you know, for a darker beer that maybe isn't as mm. heavy hopped, you're not going to get those citrusy kind of really kind of nuances that you kind of get from that so it's a different yeah. it's a different yeah this is another beer that's not got many hops in yeah, yeah. Mm. it's it's more of a sort of brown ale well it's definitely, definitely brown. a brown ale is, but, yeah but that's the style of beer an old broom something like that but i like i i, I kind of like it's interesting that's what i like about it. it's actually quite interesting yeah um i mean there's not, one main ingredient in here which none of you have said yet it's, but it's but, but because i know what it is it's it's really obvious what it's, that it picks up on that play-doh thing you're talking about mm. 
There's a I know what you mean. There's something I can't put my finger on. There's something that, that in there that you can't identify. Super obvious. But when I tell you what it is, you'll be... Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes oh. like. Man, I'm struggling on this one. I've got, again, no I idea like what the hops are. I do like it. Well, I'll give you a little clue anyway. The little clue is... That oh, don't, don't give us a... No, no, no. We don't want a clue. Okay, no, no I won't give you any clue. No teasers. You can give us a clue at the end once we've... Okay, I'm sorry. ...win okay. stuff down. Um, there is a slight um, bitter kind of dark malt on the finish. I'm kind of getting that as I kind of... As it goes down, there's a kind of... Leaves are kind of like a... Not, not quite chocolatey, kind of like a burnt, smoked kind of bit on the, on the finish. Right, there is, there is, is... Actually, there's a lot of chocolate in this, isn't there? Well, I wasn't picking that up so much, but totally a dark malt. Mm. Okay. Right. So, well, again, I'll give you a clue, which is the brewery we're very familiar with. Yeah, very familiar with. Yeah. Right. I think. I think. I, okay, I think. I think uh, I'm going to get this completely wrong now. It's been mentioned in dispatches tonight already. Mm-hmm. But then again, we've mentioned about fifty breweries. <laughs> oh, see now, since see now, that clue that I'm. I'm that's not the brew that I thought it was going to be then. Okay. Do you know I've changed my uh, mind then. With that clue. Okay, so... Well, no, I haven't even written anything down, so... Um, get writing. Yeah, I mean, I've got the... I think I've... I've they've got some spicy kind of English hops in there, so like a Goldings or something Fuggles. like that. Fuggles or Goldings. Uh, Brambling Cross. Ooh. Could be Brambling Cross, yeah. What, what was that one that... that um, thingy from... Uh, Belper Beer company was talking about that he had tons of Target not Target Target's harsh and um, mm-hmm. strong and bitter what is this what type of beer is this <laughs> what, what <laughs> is it? other than a brown um, right come on then well Get straight right away on. there's not that many brown ales we know because okay. we, we actually had that mm. Neon Raptor which was a brown ale mm. and they, they're very un- unusual so there's that was American brown so it was heavily hot yeah. so but anyway it just uh, it's a, it, that's a good place to start there's not many brown ales out there no. Yeah. In fact, hardly any. It's not Newcastle brown ale. I'm pretty sure. That's about it. It's not that's sweet. It's not sweet. Like, that's Newcastle what I'm saying. There's, there's very few. So yeah, no. there's a good place to start. Think about who might have made. Brewery. Who have we talked about tonight that does brown ales? <coughs> um, that's kind of thrown me a little bit. Um, we haven't talked about them in a major way, but we did. Submit, they have been mentioned in passing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, I've, I've changed I've, my mind again. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I've got I've got an idea there. Okay, come on then, let's 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 okay, make we, a move on this. Shall we reveal? Yeah, Has everyone got the scoring down. Yeah. Oh, um, anyone yeah. enjoying it or not? I'm I I sort of am enjoying it, but I'm not blown away by it. Okay. If honest, I mean I've given it All six right. six on the aroma, five on the body because it hasn't got much body really. It's kind of yeah, and six on the taste yeah well, perhaps i'm being a bit harsh yeah okay well it's it's strap line is nutty malty and merry okay so oh, that, is there peanuts in it well no well that's what te- that tells you that it's a christmas beer mm-hmm. yeah that's the so, merry and the nutty is the ingredient that uh, that you, when you when i say it you probably recognize is hazelnuts hazelnuts okay so it's probably what well what is one well, i'm happy because i i um Aroma seven, body four, taste four. But if you if you remember, 
You you said you don't. I like repeatedly say that I I'm not a nuts in <laughs> beer fan. You do. So I couldn't identify the hazelnuts. I can, you're right. I can now. Yeah. But I could identify that I'm not amazingly keen on this beer, and I think it's because. I don't like nuts mm. in beers, okay. but um, so I've 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 gone uh, Fuggles hops, uh, four point seven ABV, uh, generic brown ale, and right from the ver- right from the first taste, I thought it was this brewery, um, but then I don't think we mentioned this brewery, so but I thought it was Brew York. Mm. What do you reckon, Sean? Tell us well, what you got. Um, I've, I've gone, I quite like the aroma, it's different. I've been at a seven. Body, I, I disagree with you in terms of I'm actually getting a bit of a bit of body in a flavour that actually I, I, I kind of enjoy, although I only scored it six, not as good as the Vault City. Mm. And taste, I've given it six, again, not as good as the Vault City. I think, again, as I said, Goldings, kind of UK hop, 5.5%. As again, I think that because of that body that's been there, I think mm. the ABV is, is relatively strong. Brown out, and we haven't mentioned it, so I've got Adway right, but I kind of said Ampersand, that mm. brewery that, uh, that I love their, their can design. See, I, d- I didn't really go, f- I didn't have a clue about the hops, so that's, that's just me. 4.7, so same as Jamie, brown ale, and I guess, te- I guess Tempest. Okay, well, you, you well, you're, you're going to a brown ale. Yeah. Big, big plus on that. It's five point one percent. So mm-hmm. most of you. Would you have Sean? Five point five. I'm point so. four out. Oh, we're point four out as well. Oh, oh. Most of you were in the. Well, I was going to say before the fight that most of you are in the ballpark on the ABV. Um, the brewery is Cloudwater. Oh, oh. is this the Ho Ho Hazelnut? And it is the Ho Ho Hazelnut. Oh. I thought anyone. If anyone could, you could. I've actually because, ordered that recently. Don't forget that. that what you should have done is thought, right, the first one came from the supermarket. Mm-hmm. This one must have come from the beer trap. Mm-hmm. That's probably the thought process you didn't uh-huh. go through because they, they have the whole... I didn't know they had that in. No. That's on me. Yeah. Um, but I've recently ordered that beer. So as now, it happens... No spoilers. Yeah. As it happens, I'm going to Manchester tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're very much planning to go to the Saddler's Cat, and I do believe they might well have this on. So yeah, I might go. try it on there on cast. There you go. I must be. I'm. I'm. Yeah. It doesn't say much. I'm. I'm, I'm slightly underwhelmed uh, for for Cloudwater there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I think I am. But it. But it. But I do think this has reaffirmed my. I do not like nuts in yeah, here. We know you don't like nuts in here. I think I don't mind that. I'm going to enjoy that when I get my can. I'm going to enjoy that. It's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, that was what I went for. I picked it because it's Christmas, so a little bit different. No, I, I, I don't mind sitting. That's, that'll add to my stash. That's and a nice one. There's very out. few brown ales out there. Mm. Well, that wraps up episode one of our podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed tasting the beers tonight. You heard us talk about a couple of typeset attack brews that was copper plated and dark star tracking. We also had the blind taste test. Managed to identify the Vold City but got fooled by the cloud water. So thanks Paul for bringing those along tonight. Also we had a good chat about the currently difficult world for some craft breweries and also some even one or two new ones that are coming into being. So if you enjoyed it, get subscribed look out for the next episodes that will be coming soon when we'll be trying more new beers and bringing you more hopefully useful discussion about the world of beer around us see you later bye